Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Happy kitty, sad kitty, hairy kitty, shave kitty. Uh, I don't know. Well, Sophie gets shaved. She's a hairy cat that gets shaved. Okay, good good rebound on that. Hey, guys. She does, actually. She needs a lion cut because right now, look at my shirt. I have half of Sophie on me. Oh. Hairy kitty. Guys, something amazing just occurred, and I have to talk about it real quick, okay? Kristen just came into the recording room to say hi. Yes. Before and then knock the pile of stuff over. She might have knocked something over, but on the way to leave, she put her arms up in the air and yeah. thrusted and said, you guys go pound it out. And it made my day. Because that's, if anybody doesn't know, we've said it before, that's what Charity does as she <laughs> walks through the house and does the <laughs> hip thrust movement and says, let's go pound it out. It's evolving too. It gets it's different every time a little bit. Yes. Yeah, it used to be kind of cute, but now you do that buck teeth <laughs> face when you do the pounded out now so it kind of like you know kind of equals it out now just makes it kind of creepy well that's all right but what's up not much what's up with you not much first off i want to let you guys know that case watch crime creep group on facebook is one of the best places in the world um and do want to send a a heartfelt shout out to mr michael wilson we saw on there this morning that his mother had passed away um so our thoughts and prayers are with you absolutely all the crime creeps make sure you send him out some love today because losing a parent is one of the hardest things you can ever have happen yes and today we're gonna pick up where we left off with luis garabito how did i do that was good probably much better than the way i say it i think you said it pretty good too i tried but before we get into the episode because we know this is going to get deep. Oh, guys, you're going to be pissed. Sorry. <laughs> I don't even know. I I actually did what I said I was going to do, and I did not look into this. Good. I hope that the creeps didn't either. Um, I have a few triple Ds just That's- to kind of make us smile maybe before we get into this. But I have a couple things I just want to mention really quick. All right. Go ahead. Guys, apparently, and I missed him, I had Steve for my mailman today. And oh, he even hey, left- Steve. The cookies for my doggies in there. And I just missed him, I guess. Hold up. Wait, Uh, what did he uh, leave? Cookies for my doggies. Steve, (laughs) buddy, pal, do you never see my beautiful Persian kitten sitting in the 
ginormous window. Don't you make Steve feel bad? In my living room, looking ever so nicely down at the driveway every single day. She sits in that corner window in the bay window and like stares outside. She didn't get any cookies. He said, you only had junk mail anyways. You don't get the sex toys and cougar bait like Mark. Right? I don't even get sex toys. I don't get anything fun. I get Amazon boxes of screws and stuff. Oh, I'm so sorry I missed you, Steve. One of these times, we're going to get your voice on this podcast somehow, whether your little face is in the, the window here or if you actually just come in. And I know he's a racing fan too, so I gotta oh, leave I gotta leave him a present in the box one of these days because I do have a connection or two in the racing industry. So you do. And um real quick before I get into the triple D's, Wendy Ford Durson just sent this to me and it's very interesting. And Mark, you're gonna Wait a minute. interesting or interesting? Both. Okay. So this is um the Georgetown Insider, and it says after several months of customer complaints, cr- Kroger Marketplace in Georgetown has decided to do away with all of their self-checkout machines and replace them with human cashiers, dubbed the Humanity Revolution Campaign. What do you think? I like that. I think that's awesome. Give more people jobs, right? Did you hear what McDonald's just did? No. They are going to stop having the self-serve soda machines. Really? I like that. I can never figure those out. I don't. No, they're, they're just the regular ones. They're just the oh, regular soda machines. Because some of them some of them have the like... Oh, I love the one that you can make your custom drinks at. And um, they have that at a few different ones. I don't... It's it's so confusing to me. I just... The freestyle machines, I love them. I just I, don't I, do soda anyway, so... Yeah, me neither. I, I don't As he's keep, holding up I don't keep soda stock, yeah. you know, at uh, He doesn't have a high. soda maker machine, none of that. All right, so here's my problem, though. McDonald's has pretty much all but gone away from having anybody at a register up front anymore. True. All they have is kiosks. The reason they gave was because they cannot, they don't have enough people to make sure it's clean. Okay. Well, that's kind of like part of your job, like make sure the equipment's clean. You would think. So now you have to go up and ask for refills on a person that's never standing up front. I don't know if you've been into a McDonald's lately. No. The McDonald's of my childhood, I grew up in Claremont, New Hampshire. I've been over this many times, was phenomenal. And then they tore it down and they built one right next door in the parking lot. And then it lost a little bit of its feel, but they had the little play area still. The one that I grew up with had a big fireplace in the middle, four-sided fireplace. Oh, my. You could sit around it. It was super nice. So I happened to go to the same McDonald's a couple weeks ago, and they've now taken all the fun colors away. It's Aww. all industrial. It's gross inside. It's just, it doesn't feel warm. Where's Grimace? Where is the Hamburglar? Where's Ronald McDonald? I know. I want. What, where's that little girl one that nobody remembers the name of? They celebrated Grimace's birthday fairly recently, but he I, he should have been bouncing around. They've done away with all of the fun and stuff that made McDonald's a place that made your childhood fun. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. All right. All right. Other than that, that's all I had. You got all some right. triple D's for me? I do. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Meow. Oh, yeah. thank you. Uh, I would assume that uh, petty cr- criminals sometimes get tired of like criminaling. <laughs> criminaling. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, the types, the bottom feeders that don't want to make money. Oh, I, wait, hold on a second. I don't know what just happened. So, <laughs> wait a minute. Charity is supposedly a five out of 10. In the I tech- am. I got back to my screen. A five out of 10 in the tech world. So, let's see. Go ahead. Did you fix it? I fixed it. it. Yep. Oh, ha, she fixed whatever. it. Let's carry um, on. So, anyways, though. they don't want to make money working an actual job. So, instead, they commit fraud, et cetera, to make their money. Charles Ray Fuller was one of these criminals. 
He was fond of forging forging checks and most likely had been doing it for a long time. He must have been tired of the grind, so he decided he needed a nest egg for himself so he could retire and enjoy life. Me too. Yeah, sounds good. You can't fault the guy for wishful thinking. The only problem was um, his level of stupidity. Oh boy, I can't wait. Yeah. Most criminals are pretty darn stupid, but Charles must be up there with greats. <laughs> this man decided to walk into his local branch uh, bank to cash a check. Now, it sounds like it was like a small little bank, kind of like the credit union we have here. Kind of like Cheers where everybody knows your name. Yeah, like not yeah. a chain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A fraudulent check. A check for... Dun, dun, dun. $360 billion. <laughs> just, you know, just a normal check. Yep. The bank teller took one look at the ridiculous request and the police were called. Guess Charles will be retiring to a small cell. I have so many questions. First off, how do you think a small bank like that would even have that on hand? Right. I mean, is he Dr. Evil? I'm going to say he's not very smart. Clearly. That's just crazy. I love that, though. But without dimwits like him, we wouldn't have fun stories That's like this true. to tell. That's true. Oh, I hope true. we have a douchebag next. Uh, we might. Or oh, another. Yeah, this this is this could be the douchebag. Ooh. Yeah. Nowadays, there is common protocol for a burglar. <laughs> wouldn't you say? Yes. Here are some things I personally would think should be common sense if you're planning to break into a residence and steal <laughs> things. Right? You probably want to arrive on foot. As yep. to not alert anyone with the sound of your car, motorcycle, etc. Check. A disguise would be important, right? Maybe dress in all black, cover your face, ski check. mask, something like that. Yep, check. Um, also, maybe don't leave any DNA around. So maybe wear gloves to keep from leaving fingerprints or wear very clean shoes or covers for your shoes if you can as well. I mean, that's a definite check because we've all seen, you know, and you know, ID on Discovery. Exactly. Like, we know this. CSI. We get it. Well, the man named Trevor Jones gave zero Fs about any of this. Oh, boy. And in 2011, he drove his very own personal car right into the driveway of the home he was about to rob. So smart. He left the keys in the ignition with the car running. um, And he also left his wallet right in there as well. Oh, boy. He probably just wanted to keep all his pockets free to store all the stolen goods, right? 100%. Makes sense. I think it makes perfect, perfect sense, you know? Absolutely. He busted into the house via the front door, <laughs> leaving oh it wide open. So he didn't even try to skulk into the back or go through a window. Front door, wide open, like it was his house. Hey. What up? Just a short time later, the homeowner pulled into her driveway to see a strange car running and her front door wide open. Oh, boy. She was very smart, unlike the burglar. She grabbed the keys and wallet out of the car and drove off in her own car, calling the police. I love this. When Trevor was done stealing what he could, he ran out the front door to find his car keys and wallet were gone. (laughs) I love it. Well, instead of running off worried he was caught red-handed, he ran across the way to a pond and swam across it only to enter another empty home. He was so excited to rob this other house as well. He was soaked and left footprints everywhere and soaked all the furniture. In fact, he was so comfortable and relaxed, he decided to log into his Facebook using the homeowner's computer. No. Uh Uh-huh. When he was done with his robbing and relaxing, Trevor left the home to skidoo about. Oh, um, and he left the computer on, still logged into his Facebook account. 
Oh, no. Yeah. He's a smart one. Very smart. That No, that one's not a douchebag. You that one's think? a dipshit. That's straight up Or dipshit. a dumbass. They're all, he's all three. He's all. This um, next one was sent to us by to Tammy Roy. Hey, Tammy. And um, let me just show you what p- the picture of the person the said story is about. Um, I'm going to guess total douchebag. I think he he's a lot like, of things. He looks like a douchebag to me. <laughs> so this actually came from Boston 25 News. No. It did. Yeah. Even worse. Yep. A man was arrested on charge of intoxicated driving. After police say troopers found him rolling down the street in a battery-powered Jeep, power wheel, made for kids kids age three to seven. Oh, boy. I can't. We've, we've read some about this before. Okay, so an Indiana man is facing charges for driving while intoxicated, but it wasn't the normal vehicle that police would pull over if you can call it a vehicle. Indiana State Police said they were patrolling the Vincent's area around 9 p.m. Wednesday night. Ooh, only 9 p.m., man. He was hitting it hard. Wow. (laughs) When they saw an adult driving a power wheel Jeep on the road. (laughs) The toy didn't have any lights or reflectors to allow others to see it. That's probably because the toy battered powered car is made for kids aged three to seven. I have questions. (laughs) I don't even know what to think. They have not released the man's name yet um, due to the fact that they did have his picture, as you saw. But, you know... He's innocent until proven guilty, Mark. <laughs> I am blown away. They released his picture, but not his name. I don't know. You know his mom, who's probably also a douchebag, is like, look, Johnny Boy made the news. Look, yep. he's famous. Look at my boy. Look at him. He so makes me he proud. He forgot to put his teeth in, but that's all right. Oh, my God. I love <laughs> and it. who did he steal this from? I hope he owned the Jeep, at least. I would assume that he probably did not own this Jeep. Hmm. I feel bad. There's some little kid out there with their Barbie power wheel Jeep we did gone. A, we did a triple D similar, and I th- believe it was it was a woman, and she was driving drunk, and her vehicle crashed into a house, and the closest thing she could grab was a power wheel. Yes. And was apprehended immediately. My favorite triple D still to this day is the one where they broke in the house and they snorted yes. the ashes out oh of the Oh, my. Urn. Can you imagine? Oh. oh. What idiots. You got to live with that for the rest of your life that you ingested a person's remains. Oh. You dummies. God. Idiots. Total douchebags. Speaking of douchebags, oh. let's get back to this one. Okay, guys. Major trigger warning. This is probably going to do to you what it did to me and my emotions. Um, and it's definitely going to do that to Mark. So Mark's going to get mad. Mark's going to be more than mad. Great. Sorry. All right. So last episode, we met Luis Garavito. We heard about his horrible childhood filled with emotional abuse, physical abuse, bullying, sexual abuse, and neglect. These abuses came from outside sources, but mainly from inside his home. From the two people that were supposed to love and protect him, his parents. He grew up sexually confused, confused about his own sexuality and sex in general. He dropped out of school at a young age and was made to work. During this time, he dabbled in the molestation of his very own siblings when they were sleeping. After all, it was done to him, so why not pass the buck? After moving with his family, he was raped by a neighbor boy, confusing him even more. During the 1970s, he began trying to molest random little boys. His mother caught him, and he was kicked out the first time. He was allowed back home until it happened again. The second time, he was kicked out for good and told by his father it was because he liked little boys and not girls. Not because of the attempted molestation. 
Wow. Yeah. As the 1980s arrived, it was clear Luis had some mental issues going on. He lost jobs and couldn't keep an erection or ejaculate when he was with a woman. He became religious and tried to get help for his alcoholism by attending AA. None of this helped him with his sexual thoughts toward little boys or young children in general. He began finding and molesting little boys or paid underage male sex workers. He would molest and torture these boys, then do almost ritualistic prayer after, writing their names in a notebook so as not to forget them. He ended up in more than one mental hospital, um, and we left off hearing how he gained an obsession with Hitler, almost idolizing him. Wowie. He also gained a joy for Satanism. Hitler and Satan, aren't they the same person? Yeah, I think they pretty much are. He was put back on meds to help his mental state, but he couldn't come clean to the doctors about being a pedophile, although he did make an attempt, I guess. He signed himself out of the hospital, and now we can continue on and find out if the hospital helped him or not. What do you think, Mark? Um, I'm going to say no, because we have another whole half of the story. Yes, exactly. And you said I'm going to get mad, so I'm going to say no. Okay. Just wait. We're, we're going to read on. <laughs> February 28th, 1984 was the day Louise left the psychiatric hospital. He didn't go home. He didn't pass go. What he did do is go to Pereira. Found two children to molest, bite, and burn, just like he had been doing before he was hospitalized. Oh, loser. He did something different this time, though. He took pictures of the boys and left them with one of his, with one sister he still talked to on occasion. So now we're starting to take mementos. He's taking pictures so we can reflect and look and all that gross stuff. The boys were able to tell the police Luis was their abuser, but before he could be arrested, he took off. Once things cooled down and the police weren't looking for him anymore, he came back um, and he was he upped his arsenal for torture. So he he was like, oh, I didn't get caught. So now I can, you know, I can actually torture more and rape more and do all the things. He thinks it makes him think he's a genius. So now he's like, oh, they, they didn't catch me. That's right. I'm God. Yeah, and I remember it. It at, during this time, there was lots of stuff going on. There was sex trafficking. There was the war on drugs. Police had their, to say the police had their hands full was understatement. understatement. So it sounds horrible that they just stopped looking for him. But I mean, I don't know. I get it. He kept a torture bag filled with candles, razor blades, and scalpels. Some of us are wondering why um, he was able to get away, like I said, with all these rapes and molestations. So I'm going to talk a little bit right now. So in the 1980s and 1990s, Colombia was dealing with the Cold War and, like I said, the fight on drugs. Unfortunately, they had bigger fish to fry. It sounds really bad, like I just said, but it's the truth. So we do have to just mention it, you know, because it is very upsetting, that he's getting away with this. Oh, yeah. At the time, in the 80s, it's been said that Luis was already responsible for at least 100 molestations Wait, and tortures what? of children. Yep, it's been said. Oh, my was, God. Okay, so it's going to get worse and worse, so. Great, so let's just buckle up now, people. Here we go. Okay. He got away with all of them, right? Totally able to do that off the police radar. Uh, but the one thing he got in trouble for was stealing from a friend. Really? Yeah. So that that the police were not going to stand for. <laughs> Unbelievable. Luis's mind was spinning, uh, and he became intrigued with Campo Elias Delgado, a Colombian killer that murdered his mother and some friends at a restaurant. Hmm. 
Luis loved how much attention Delgado got for the killings, and he yearned for the same kind of attention. He had aspirations of getting a machine gun and killing his father and entire family all in one swoop and then killing himself, his name becoming infamous. I mean, at the same time, like, I don't want anybody to die, but maybe if you have thinking this, just kill yourself. I agree. Like, just do, just do the one and move on. Because all of the, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make little of what happened to little Luis, but all of the things that happened to him, all the accounts came from him. Yes. Okay. okay so we do have to wrinkle. keep, we do have to keep that in mind. I'm not saying it didn't happen because they're very vivid accounts and maybe they were collaborated, that word, by other family members. Yeah. Okay. Everybody but, knows what that is. Everybody ready? It's my new word, guys. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. All his murderous and pedophile thoughts didn't stop Luis from finding yet another girlfriend. He met yet another single mother named... Hold up. You know what drives me nuts about this? I'm a pretty normal, fun dude. But yet, like, there was a period of time where I was single for like a year. But this dimwit... Oh, yeah. Really? Yep. I'm handsome. My mama said I was cute. <laughs> and this idiot's out there slaying dragons. What's wrong with this My world? mother said I was cute. That's that's wonderful. It's the best line ever. <laughs> so the single mother's name was Gra- Graciela Zabale- Zabaleta. Upon their meeting, Luis was able to charm her into being his girlfriend and letting him move into her Pereira home. He said he would pay all the bills and buy all the food for them. Luis wasn't home much at all. We could probably all speculate about what he was doing. I'm going to say uh, not arts and crafts. Just like his other girlfriends, Graciela was not a fan of his actions when he was drunk, which was a lot of the time since he was an alcoholic. Luis would later say that he had truly loved her. Luis was starting to be less discreet about enjoying the companionship of children. His friends most likely figured it out that he was attract figured out that he was attracted to children because um, they saw him drunk more than once hanging out with a group of children. They never said anything, and no one around him ever questioned he would have done anything sexual with a child. Like, why would he think that? He disliked their company. See something, say something, people. Remember, this is pretty. Maybe odd. he was like a Michael Jackson, and he didn't have a good since he didn't have a good childhood. He was just still a child at heart and wanted to hang out with children. Uh, I'm gonna say that's false. Okay. I am too. Yeah. By 1988, Luis would start to keep items for, from his victims. He kept the items in more than one suitcase and would leave these suitcases at his various girlfriends' homes. So he would put all the items in suitcases and he'd go to like the ex-girlfriends that he was still friendly with, that he was still friends sense. with and say, hey, can I keep this suitcase here? I'm not traveling right now and I have no place to put it, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, yeah, I guess, like whatever, you can keep it here. Wow. By 1992, it's been said that Luis raped and tortured over- 200 children. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He said that at one time he was using a Ouija board. He asked the devil if he wanted some help deviling. <laughs> That's another one. I, I, wow. That's like my criminaling. He claims he was suffering some sort of psychosis during his talk with the devil and claimed the devil responded, telling him he would like him to kill people. I mean, if the, if the de- if you're going to have a conversation with the devil, I kind of assume that's how it would go. Yeah. Right? Because he's going to want you to kill people. I think you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, is it not his fault then? Because the devil- Oh, no, it's his fault. Okay. 
Well, because it was his choice to to use the Correct. Ouija board. Yep, it was his choice. He ha- he followed he followed through. Luis must have believed he had really talked to the devil because on October fourth, nineteen ninety two, Luis Luis would take the leap from rape and torture and add murder to his mo. He saw a boy named Juan Carlos and knew he had to have him. He watched him and then that night followed him. Luis was able to get Juan to follow him into the night easily, just as he had with all the other victims. The boy had no idea Luis had a knife and rope with him. And who knows what he told him. But he was clearly good at coming up with ways to get these kids to trust him. Luis followed his usual protocol, raping and torturing Juan. But he added some other behaviors. When police found Juan's body, his teeth had been knocked out and his genitals had been cut off. And his rectum had also been slashed. Ooh. I know. The next morning when Luis woke up, he was crying. So it sounds like he did have remorse. I don't know, though. On October 10th, 1992, Luis was on his way to visit his sister, the only family member he spoke to, Esther. His sister lived in Trujillo. Sorry, guys, I'm trying. And he was, of course, getting lick it up before he saw her. He drank to stop his pedophile thoughts. When he hit Tolua... His thoughts took over when he saw a 12-year-old boy named Jean Alexandra, and he raped, tortured, and murdered him. The murder of Jean sent Luis into an all-out killing spree. He must have just just embraced who he was and stopped trying to suppress it. A piece of crap. He began murdering any chance he got. Some girls, but mostly boys, um, but they were all adolescent. These kids were almost always poor. It's been said he would lure them in by offering them jobs. Luis started wearing disguises. He would often dress as a priest or dress like someone who had authority. I'm guessing like a police officer, etc. Dirtbag must have done that to gain the trust of the kids he would lure. Ugh. Can you imagine dressing as a priest? That's one of the things that really pisses me off yep. about this. Especially if they were like poor kids or kids living on the street. If like a priest taught yeah. to trust those people right so if like a police officer comes up to you or a priest and says i got work for you or well you can make a little bit of money or come with me we can go to a soup kitchen i'll get you some nice food change your clothes who knows right Luis often um offered them money jobs or food because most of the kids were poor like i just said and i bet they jumped at the thought of that right right if you're of if course. you're living on the street you're starving you're you know you're you're you might Kind of, even if your spidey sense goes off, you might kind of say, I'm so hungry, I'll just I'll just chance it, you know? This is just wrong. He tied them up, raped, tortured, and killed all these children, cutting off their toes and taking them with him as a sort of remembrance. All these children were between the ages of six and 16. Unbelievable. He, it's been said he preferred children with lighter skin and blue eyes or lighter eyes. And I couldn't find a reason for this. It was just his preference, I guess. I don't yep. know. He also started cutting up their stomachs. And why he did this, I am what not sure. Heck? I don't know. what. I don't know. It's almost like he did the rape and the torture. This is just a thought. And when it was all said and done, he was so angry that the child enticed him that he went overboard to this is sick you know what i mean yeah. like because oh, why, why would you do that especially after they're already let me torture you because of what you made me do to and you. i hope that all that type of stuff was after they were already passed because i can't even imagine oh my god 
1993, Luis was able to get children from a school to follow him into the woods. These kids were between 9 and 11 years old. He then followed his M.O., finishing up with murder. The victims' names were Henry Giovanni Garcia, Marco Aurelio Castano, Juan David Cardenas, Jamie Orlando Papian, plus three more children that were never identified. He was worried that police would be able to find these children easily, so he cut off their toes, as he often did, and scattered them about in different areas, hoping to throw their scent off. Oh, my God. Clearly, he took the time to think about different ways to evade the police. And remember, especially during this time in Colombia, children were going missing every day via drug trafficking and child trafficking. <laughs> Mark's laughing, guys, because you, <laughs> you don't even know just what happened. She made a mistake and then continued on, and then I edited it to make it sound really funny. I'm sorry. I think the people are going to want to hear some of these mess ups at some point. I, Maybe I'll during a live or something. Yeah, we, they can't go out over the we, mainstream. Because no, we keep saying we're going to have a live, and we haven't had one in very long, so hopefully soon we can find Well, time. I'll have news on that soon. So I have a new studio that we're building down the road from the old studio. Nice. And it's really, really nice. Oh, good. So, so maybe we can plan something. Swing in there, because I think I'm taking this and moving all that up there, so nice. it's just easier to work. Nice. Awesome. All right, so Luis wasn't done with the latest spree. He planned to take off, but he couldn't help himself and murdered two more identified children in a local neighborhood. He then took took off to Tulua, then Pereira, to Quimbaya, then back to Tulua. Quimbaya? Quimbaya. Oh. Quimbaya. I don't know. I'm probably butchering these words. 100%. That's all right. Once back in Tulua, Luis began murdering more kids. And in 1993, he finished off with the rape, torture, and murder of Mauricio Monadero Meja, who was just 13 at the time of his death. Throughout his many years of killing, Luis would have periods of time where he would take breaks. Did he just not have the urge at the time? Of the breaks, or was he struggling inside with his compulsion and feelings of remorse for what he had done or These doing? These are one of the things that always make me wonder. So confusing, right? Because a lot of different criminals go through the same MO. Or was he back taking his mental meds? Ooh. Right? Or was he seeing a therapist, or was he able to keep it at bay? Because who the heck knows? Right. Come 1994, Luis was at it again when he gave a 12-year-old boy that he had met on a bus alcohol. The boy passed out from the alcohol, so Luis took him to what he thought was a quiet area where they could be alone. He had taken off the boy's clothes and tied him up, but this boy was a fighter. There happened, yep, there happened to be a horrific, deathly smell in the area. Luis started looking around to try and find the source. What he found was a makeshift grave of many dead bodies. Apparently, he had standards because he untied the boy when he found the dead bodies. I don't know if it was because they weren't his dead bodies or what. The smart boy was able to grab Luis's knife, slashing at him, and he got him good. Good. He sliced him so deep on his left hand that he severed tendons. Good for him. Absolutely. Sadly, though, Luis was able to gain back control and murder the 12-year-old boy before any more damage was done. Oh, I know. But he didn't get to rape him, I don't think. Good. I mean, it's still horrible that the poor thing lost his life, but at least he fought back. February 4th, 1994, just after Luis had been hammered and kicked out of a bar, he was able to get 13-year-old Jamie Andres Gonzalez 
to go with him to, you guessed it, an obscure area and did his usual thing with him. He looked up and saw a cross in the field where he had performed his most recent murder. He claims he went into some sort of mental trance. He goes into lots of mental trances, huh? Right. And was drawn to bury his knife so as not to use it ever again. He asked to be forgiven, but before heading back to his hotel room, he dug his knife back up. That didn't last long. No. Once once in his hotel room, he started to chant excerpts from the Bible as he had done in his earlier career as a psycho. Fast forward to 1997, Luis murdered an eight-year-old boy on January 12th, then murdered more children throughout the 80s and 90s. Detectives were searching for the pedophile who was responsible for all these children disappearing and showing up dead. So now he's up to a point where... There's so many children going missing or finding being murdered that People are the police are like, okay, something is going on. We must have a serial killer. Mm-hmm. They once, so the police once found a grave of over 30 children's dead bodies. Ooh. So he had his own mass graves. Ugh. What a scumbag. The carnage this guy left behind is unspeakable. Luis was starting to slip up and this is how people get caught. Thank God. He was still a raging alcoholic and became fond of luring his prey to a sugarcane field. One night, he abused and murdered a child, um, then had himself a cigarette, right? Unbelievable. He passed out laying on the dead child's corpse with the cigarette still lit. He woke up to the field on fire, realizing he himself had been badly burned, and he took off. He left in such a rush, he didn't realize that he left more than one personal item behind. Hmm. Clues. The police, det- with these clues, the police determined that the killer was about five foot four to five six. And going by the wear of his shoes, he likely walked with a limp. They also found his glasses, and he had a very, very weird eye disorder. Okay. Okay. So it was very something that is very uncommon. Very specific to Very him. specific to okay. whoever it was. With the help of a young boy that was almost abducted, police were able to arrest the man they thought was responsible for all the murders. A 44-year-old known sex offender named Pablo Ramirez Garcia was arrested initially. The young boy had pointed the finger at him, and he walked with a limp as well. Plus, the whole known sex offender thing didn't help him either. So, mm. yeah. Pablo was kept in the clink while authorities attempted to find evidence against him. There was one big problem. While Pablo was in jail, more and more children kept going missing or were turning up dead. Here's where things get interesting. (laughs) The head detective. I had to say it in living color, the head detective. Yep. (laughs) Anyway, his name was Aldemar Duran, and he had his eye on Luis. Um, starting to think that he was their man. With heavy suspicion, Aldemar decided he should check in with Luis's girlfriend. She told the detective she hadn't seen him in months, but explained that he had left a suitcase at her home. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Remember he left more than one suitcase at more than one girlfriend's house with the Sylvanias in him? Oh, boy. Good. He's busted. Here is what was found in the suitcase. The diaries he had written confessing to the murder of each child. Markings suggesting the number of kills he had up to that point and pictures of little boys. With this evidence, detectives decided it was time to go to Luis's home. It was, of course, totally empty. 
It was thought at the time that Luis was probably off traveling, you know, raping, killing more children. So he was like out of town. Crap. He was out of town. I hate this guy. I really do. You always find the ones that get get under my Yeah, this this one's bad. With this new information and after speaking with the one sister that spoke to Luis, the police were sure the mass killer was Luis. Good. Now they just needed to find him and stop him from killing any more children. On the night of April 22nd, 1999, good old Luis was drinking away when he spotted 12-year-old John Evan Sabogal and convinced him to go with him by showing him his knife. So now he's just brazen. He's not even saying, oh, I have work for you or I have this or that. He's like basically says, you better come with me now because I have a knife on me. And if you Mm -hmm. don't, you're a goner. Once at an area where Luis was sure they wouldn't be found, he tied the boy up and proceeded to wank his willy over him. I forgot that I put that in there. That's so gross. That's disgusting. Thank goodness there was a 16-year-old boy close by that had been living on the streets. He came upon the scene and was able to free the boy. So this boy that was living on the streets was like, oh, there's something bad going on. I, I, I can't not do anything about see, it. See something, say yep. something, and he did. Both boys ran as fast as they could and ended up at a farmhouse. There was a 12-year-old girl at the farmhouse, and the boys told her what had happened and to expect Luis not too far behind them. When Luis arrived, he asked the girl if she had seen them. She said she had and sent the deranged man on a fake hunt into the woods where he got lost. Ha <laughs> Dummy. The police were called and a search ensued. And at about 7.30 p.m., Luis came walking out of the woods only to be met by the police. Hmm. He gave them a fake ID, but they were sure they had their man. It was later determined that it was indeed Luis Garavito. Luis did confess, but physical evidence was needed to lock it down. Here is what this asshat had to say after confessing. Hmm. Ready? Yep. This is really, really... I ask you pardon me for all I have done and all I will confess. Yes, I killed them and many others. Wanted to be pardoned. He didn't even care. No, he wanted to be pardoned because he was helping them, Mark. Nope. He had a very rare eye defect, like I said, going by the glasses that were found at the scene. Uh, So all inmates in jail were made to have eye exams. They didn't want Luis to suspect anything. So they they brought just that particular day, all the inmates were had to get their eyes checked. So it didn't look like they were just singling him out. He was five foot five, which matched the description. And he walked with a limp. His eye exam matched the glasses found at the scene. That was a good amount of evidence, but they knew they needed DNA. So they waited for Luis to leave his cell and went in to gather his DNA from his pillow, etc. Luis's DNA was a perfect match to the DNA found on the victims. There was enough evidence to go after Luis for the murders of 172 kids in Colombia. Mm. He was found guilty of 138 and was sentenced to 1,853 years in nine days in prison. This is the longest sentencing in Colombian history. This is where you're going to get really mad. I'm already mad. The saddest thing about this case is that 40 years is the limit for imprisonment in Colombia. What? I think it's been moved to 60 now. I'm not sure. On top of that fact, Luis was cooperative in helping the police locate the bodies of his victims. Don't even. So his sentence was reduced even more. Guys, Luis Garavito likely killed at the least 
172 children in the worst, most disgusting way. And instead of dying in jail or being killed, he was sentenced for just 22 years. No effing way. Don't you want to scream? I hope somebody took care of this issue for us. He was sent um, to do his time in a prison in Valadupar. This prison is a maximum sentence. Maximum security prison. He gets to stay in a nice special safe area for the fear that other prisoners might hurt him or even uh, kill him. I say let them. I hate when they do that. This guy is a disgrace. Let nature take its course. Why can't they? I, yep. I know it's inhumane or this or that. But you like, know what? Some, 172 children dying and being raped is also inhumane. Oh, just wait. And it probably is way worse. Um, he also only takes food or drinks from people he knows and trusts in there. Cause you know, he doesn't want to be poisoned, Mark. Cause Piece you know, that might hurt him. In 2021, Luis was looking to get early release for his good behavior, but a judge said, I nay nay, motherfucker. <laughs> you haven't paid for the carnage you created and hadn't paid the $41,500 he owed the victims. That's it. That's all he owes the victims. Unbelievable. $41,000. That's it? That is crazy. How? How? Why? How? I don't understand. But maybe that's just the loophole that they can to keep them in there. I don't know. It's sickening to me. Here is what President Ivan Duku had to say at the time. I have profound indignation at the possibility that anyone would suggest that this beast leave prison. The national government neither sponsors or supports that. Luis says he is not gay and wants to become a Pentecostal pastor and get married someday. Hmm. He has dreams of helping abuse children when he gets out. I would keep this man as far away from children as I possibly could. <sighs> Isn't it nice, though, that he gets to aspire for a future when he kept hundreds of children from having any type of future at you all? You know that drives me nuts. Oh, I hate this guy. Okay, so karma did come into play as Luis is fighting eye cancer. Boo-hoo. Yeah. He has to have blood infusions every day. He spends almost all of his days suffering in pain in the medical unit of the hospital. And I don't feel bad at all. Not, Not one, one bit. bit. Nope. Nope. To this day, Luis remains um, one of the most horrific serial killers known, possibly responsible for over 300 rapes or murders between his Colombian and Ecuadorian victims. So remember, this was just in Colombia. Oh, I forgot about he that. He traveled to Ecuador as well. Unbelievable. Un I just can't even fathom this. So despite all of this, Luis or Luis is up for parole before the end of this year, 2023. Oh God. I no. did I did do some research and found an article from the Jarcada Post that stated Colombian President Ivan Duque. Um, enacted a constitutional reform that sets a life sentence for those found guilty of rape or child murder. Good. The law will not be applied retroactively, though. Not good. Um, I also read in another area that even though the maximum sentence um, at the time was 40 years and Luis only got 22, those who can commit murders to extend um, must extend to 60 years behind bars. In my opinion, there should be nowhere on earth that a monster like this should, should 60 ever years for each person. see the light of day. 60 for each kid. Disgusting. Unbelievable. Also, is it bad that I hope he continues to suffer through his cancer and that it kills him in jail before nope. he even gets the chance to go before the parole board? I don't feel bad. No. 
Sadly, there were so many victims known and unknown that I really can't finish off with their names. Uh, We did mention some of the ones known while telling this horrible story, but I feel as though the victims and families deserve a moment of silence. So if we could do that right now, that would be great. Wish we could do more, but unfortunately. Here are some of the names given to the man that only got 22 years for taking so much innocence. Are you ready? I'm ready. Some called him The Beast, Goofy, Conflict, Bonificio, Morera, and Liz Cano. So yeah, he had a bunch of different names. Or does, or I don't know. Here's the part that really bothers me. With the vast amount of victims that he unfortunately took the life of, he altered the trajectory of these families. Yeah. Probably this community. There could have been world leaders in this group of kids. You have no idea. People that cure different diseases. Mm -hmm. You have no clue what kind of change he made to that whole society. He's a piece of crap. A mass murderer. Like that, this, I cannot believe that during his sentencing, they didn't make exceptions and change the law before his sentencing because Amazing. I mean, I, do I think he'll get out on parole? No, absolutely not. I mean, eventually he's going to max out. He is, but hopefully he's gone before then. I hope so too. The, and, and I'm hoping that as soon as he gets out, he's a goner. I mean, I, it, yes, I get what you mean. Yes. Yep. People, without getting into it. Yeah. Without getting into it. I mean, so you've you got family members. This got, is paroling at the end of this year. So we'll have to keep a close eye I on I looked this. to see. I didn't couldn't find exactly what month he was going before, but we don't have many months left in this year. We so. really don't. You never know. But I don't know. I, this one really got me. I was so angry when 22 years. twenty. That's not even close to the amount of carnage he brought. Oh, gosh, no. No, 100%. And he wants to be... A counselor for abused children? Are you kidding me? I can't even believe this guy would think that's something that we even would. First be of all, okay you're like with. a level whatever sex offender, the worst of the worst. Do you think you're going to even be allowed in a room with a child? Send me all the kids who have issues and let me help them. Oh, I hope he does not. I hope he's not long for because I can tell them the other side of the person who molested them because I know how it feels. Gross. No, I'm sorry. This one, guys, let us know how you feel feel about this. I'm sure you feel the same way we do. Where can people let us know? Um, they can go to the Case Watch Crime Creeps page. They can call us 603-212-4600. Please call us. You give can give us the cat songs. You can whatever give us you want to do. Anything you can just say hi. This is so and so. Just wanted to say hi. Also, somebody did. All right, oh, that's so right. We did get a message, and I just responded, and it said, just got back from the best two-week trip back to home to Oregon, happily catching up on episodes with a nice picture of the water. Beautiful picture. Didn't tell me who you were. Oh. Who are you? Who are you? Let us know. So glad that you had a nice trip. I know. What we should do one of these days is just start calling these people. Hey, what's up? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you want to? Not today. No, that's what I mean, though. We should. should. We, we should sometime. I'll tell you, if you guys would like to, here we go. Here's something fun we could do. This will tell the real creeps from the passive creeps. These are the ones that stayed to the end. <laughs> and it's okay to be a passive creep as oh, well. absolutely. We're all creeps. <laughs> yeah. If you send a text message to 603-212-4600 and say, pick me, I will group all of those together, and the next time me and Charity record, we'll just randomly call one of you on the episode. So be available on 
a Tuesday around 1 p.m. One between one and two, say. That's roughly when we record. That's yeah. That's usually when we record. So how like fun I said, would that be? 603-212-4600 and just text pick me. And you could have we could have a little conversation with you on air. That's so cool. You guys can add ours to words that don't exist and you, you can say all kinds of cool stuff. You can do whatever you want. You can ask me to say words to the best as I can, which is not very good, but hey. You know, I do my best, Mark. What's other podcasts do fun crap like this? Uh, right? Nobody. Nobody. Meow. That's what I got to say about that. See you on the next episode. Bye, guys. See ya. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.